Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain. Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes. Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery. Well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store. Like now, go. Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus, and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. I'm Jack Luke, Deputy Editor on BikeRadar.com and today I'm joined by Stan Portis, Bike Radar's Content Editor. Stan, how are you doing today? I'm very good, thank you Jack. Today we're going to be talking about Shimano Qs, which is a new family of drivetrain components that are designed to work with each other regardless of speed, covering 8, no it's not, covering 9, 10 and 11 speed components and for the time being... Is kind of primarily primarily focused on sort of urban riding and mountain biking. Though Shimano has made strong hints that a drop bar group set is soon to come. If you're familiar with Shimano's existing group sets, Q's actually kills off Olivio, Acera, and Altus. And on the roadside, it has been all but confirmed that Tiagra and everything below that is also going to be killed off. This is quite a substantial change for Shimano as a whole. It is a sort of reimagining of its group set hierarchy. And, you know, its sort of design has been very much led by the needs of riders in the sort of entry-level segment rather than relying on sort of trickle-down technology, which has historically been the case with Shimano group sets. I mean, we'll go over the tech details in a minute, but just first, Stan, I want to get your thoughts. What do you think of the group set? I mean, it's, it's huge, isn't it? I mean, I think the thing that's most interesting about it, for me at least, is how it kind of consolidates a lot of different Shimano names and families and components that maybe people wouldn't be so familiar with into under, under one heading. Um, like, you know, I can't tell, you probably could, but I can't, <laughs> I can't quite tell you what makes up Alivio or Acera or Altus. So the fact that all those things are being brought together, um, you know, sh- should, should make things a lot easier for Shimano, for the consumers, for bike shops. Um, so that's quite exciting. I think so. Like, uh, you know, if you kind of listen to what Shimano's saying, for a rider, it is a much easier thing to understand. And I would broadly agree with that. You're right. A Sarah Altus doesn't really mean anything. Whereas for an everyday consumer, just getting into cycling, like, you can pretty easily understand that nine speed equals fine, 11 speed equals better. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's broadly how they're sort of pitching it. It's not a truly accurate representation of how the range is laid out because there is some kind of shared components across various speeds. But I think it's just much, much easier for a consumer to understand than the existing arrangement or the previous arrangement, I should say. And also, you know, with my kind of cynical hat on, like, yeah, it's a good thing potentially for consumers. But for Shimano, 
the fact they have brought this standardization across lots of things, you know, it should make their life easier in terms of fewer SKUs and just less products to consider. Of course, people have not wrongly pointed out that when you introduce another standard that tries to unify all other standards, which just means you have another standard that competes with those other standards. But I think given the ubiquity of Shimano as a sort of OEM supplier, I think it really will probably become quite a dominant force within bike design. So do you think this is kind of Shimano wiping the slate clean a bit? Totally, yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Like uh, all the, like historically, Acera, Altis, whatever, even Dior, all that tech has been influenced by stuff that was first introduced at the pro level. Now, all these group sets work very, very well, but the sort of heart of Shimano Q's is what it's calling its link glide technology. And the too long didn't read on that is that it's basically chunkier, more kind of willing to be treated abusively and better for beginner riders who perhaps are less confident with things like front derailers. You can mash your way through the gears. It shifts really smoothly. And one of the kind of things it was designed for was automatic shifting with um, electric bikes, which you can imagine puts quite an enormous amount of strain through a drivetrain. Because we, we first heard about Q's last year, right, with e-bikes. Exactly. Yes, there's a handful of Q's DI2 components. And th this is one thing I would sort of, with my media hat on, have grumble a little bit about where Q's has sort of been drip-fed into the market. And this launch, there's some quite key details that have been missing. I think Shimano is trying to approach it more as a sort of like education thing at this stage. But yes, we have had uh, Q's DI2 for the better part of a year now. Um, and that is really only specifically for e-bikes, but essentially brings Shimano's electronic shifting technology down to a lower price. Confusingly, there are other Link Glide components that sit outside of Qs. There's a couple of Dior and Dior XT mechanical and Di2 derailers, which again are really designed for e-bikes more than anything else. But thus far, they've been out in the wild for like two odd years now, very well received, and apparently Link Glide it, it does live up to the claims. Um, we're recording this on our, on our uh, Thursday and Monday head. We'll have our hands on it, actually, at a trade show, I believe, that we're going to. So we'll have a little fondle. How does the compatibility actually work with Qs then? Because you've got different speed chains, you've got different components. How does it work? So the key thing is that the chain, or rather any 11-speed chain, will work with Shimano Qs. So Link Glide does have a specific chain, which is designed for those kind of high-torque applications. Um, but any 11-speed chain will work, road, mountain, whatever. That's the sort of key thing. Now, what's unusual is that that means that 11-speed chain will work on a 9-speed cassette or 10 or 11-speed cassette. And with that is because the cassette spacing, so by that I mean the kind of spaces between each individual cog, is shared across all speeds. Historically, that spacing would change, so an 8-speed cassette or a 9-speed cassette would be completely different to an 11-speed and they wouldn't work. The other key thing is that the shifter cable pool ratio is the same across all speeds. So a 9-speed shifter or 11-speed again, same cable pool ratio. And historically, that wasn't the case. Um, now, for OEMs and you know those that like to build their own bikes, that's a great thing because it means you can pick from a huge catalog of shifters and you're guaranteed that it's going to work. Unofficially, something like a 10-speed shifter won't really work with a 9-speed drivetrain, but it will provided you set the limit screws. What I think is a tantalizing proposition amongst all this is that though it's not been confirmed, we can pretty much guarantee we've got drop bar shifters coming soon, which could mean for the first time we're going to be able to see mullet mechanical drivetrains from Shimano. Now, 
Shimano's current drop bar shifters use a totally different cable pool ratio to its mountain bike components. And for those of you who don't know, a mullet drivetrain essentially pairs a mountain bike drivetrain with road bike or gravel bike shifters, providing a very wide range group set in a one by arrangement. Um, and Shimano's really resisted the urge to allow riders to do this. And I think, though they've personally, I think they've slightly missed the boat and not capitalized on this as much as they could have with the launch of Qs. I think in the near future, we should be able to, or will rather see, um, yeah, brands and people building up Q's mullet drivetrains. I think that's very exciting. Do you think this is Shimano, a, play, a Shimano playing catch up here with SRAM? Because you can do a mullet drivetrain with SRAM components, right? I think so, kind of. I think on the SRAM side, like that's only really a possibility with electronic uh, drivetrain components. Now, while they've definitely got more affordable in recent years, they are still very expensive. I think with Qs as a whole, Shimano is trying to simplify things, but it also will have paid attention to the likes of MicroShift. We actually wrote a buyer's guide on this quite recently. It's a very good read. But like MicroShift has really made inroads into both the enthusiast and OEM market, largely fulfilling sort of things want people to be able, or rather things people want to be able to do with Shimano. So for example, mullet drivetrains or really wide range cassettes, you know, people are kind of subbing in microchip components to fulfill that function. I think Shimano Qs is going to see less of that now in the market. A bit of a blow for the likes of microchip. But then again, like within the enthusiast mindset, like it's quite an established brand now. It's not like a weird niche thing. Like when we published, it was a very, very popular piece on site and it's something folk are talking about. So I don't think they're going to go away, but I think we'll see less of that weird sort of um, third-party component specking now that Qs will probably become dominant. What sort of kind of price point bike do you think we'll see Qs on? Because, you know, you see kind of Tiagra on lower end Candel signups, I think. Has, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Tiagra bike. So, what, what sort of price bracket do you think Qs will exist in? So, Qs is roughly speaking split out by its kind of speed. So, the cheapest nine speed stuff, Qs and U4000, for a one by nine group set without a crank set or bottom bracket, that'll set you back $150. Whereas at the very top end, including um, a crank set, I, I have very limited pricing for this. We've only been given <laughs> some like handful of US pricing. The most expensive 11-speed stuff is like $450. But I mean, $150 drivetrain, one by pretty nice mountain bike stuff, like that's kind of unheard of till now. Yeah. So I, I imagine we're going to see this on your sort of four to 800 pound kind of mountain bike, cheap hardtail. That's where you'll start seeing a lot of the U6000 stuff. I am just guessing here, like it could well be a little bit off, maybe, maybe more like up to a thousand pounds, say. Um, as you move up the brackets with Qs. But the most expensive U8000 stuff is sort of a replacement for Shimano's T8000 trekking group set. Rarely seen in the UK, but a really nice sort of touring-specific group set. Um, so a very wide range of bikes to answer your question. But I think <laughs> I think the, the majority of it will be the sort of 1x10, 1x11 stuff in the mid-range hardtail mountain bike. Like I think we're going to see bucket loads of that there. The when... Who knows? There's no word on availability from Shimano when we published this story. So could be tomorrow, could be two years. Mm. When do you think we'll see the drop bar stuff, if we do see it? I, I honestly don't know. Obviously, it's a question I've asked Shimano and I've got a usual stock response. If I, was a, <laughs> if I was a betting man, I would probably say by the end of this year. But then again, I don't really know. 
I, th- I think for me as, as a nerd, a professional nerd, it's a real shame that Shimano hasn't gone like all guns blazing with this from the off and said like, wow, look, this group set could do anything. Because I think to like cement it in the mindset of the enthusiast market, that would have been a really fun and novel thing for Shimano to do. But in its defense, like it is an OEM group set. This hasn't really been designed for the consumer market or the enthusiast market, if you prefer. Um, so it's all a bit unclear. I'm sure brand managers who kind of spec bikes for a living will be listening to this going, I know when it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the all the SKUs, all the assets, they already exist. Yeah, somewhere Somewhere, out there. somewhere. But certainly not in my inbox, so I don't know. <laughs> Um, if you want to read more on Shimano Qs, we have got that full news story I put together, slaved over on the site. It's pretty in-depth and it covers, broadly speaking, everything you need to know about the new group set. So some key details missing, but you'll get the gist of it. I've also got a little opinion piece so that we ran around the sort of lack of a mullet drivetrain. It's worth it's worth reading. I, I've got some funny lines in there. What can I say, Stan? I'm very pleased with it. One for the nerds. One for the nerds. In the meantime, if you enjoyed this podcast, give us a cheeky five-star rating. If you have any feedback, questions, or anything you think we should cover, send us an email to podcast at bikeradar.com. In the meantime, thanks for listening and speak to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Bike Radar Podcast. If you've not done so already, please subscribe and share with your friends or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode. 